This is the final part of Chapter 3, Part 9, Moments of Truth. This is an encounter between a customer and a business. This can be in person, over the telephone, over the internet, or any other way business is transacted. Each such encounter leads to a moment of truth, and the experience can either be good or bad. Jan Carlson, the former CEO of SAS Airlines, noted in his book, Moments of Truth, there were over 50,000 daily encounters with customers at his airline when every passenger or phone call contact is defined as a moment of truth. He reasoned that since he couldn't be present at every MOT or moment of truth, his company had to be totally customer-focused. What is the difference between the 50,000 daily MOTs at SAS Airline and the 70,000 website hits processed by any Internet site? Nothing. In each case, a moment of truth is a one-on-one -on -one experience. If a visit to the web is confusing and difficult to navigate, visitors will leave and won't come back. If you get it right, the customers will not only stay, but will come back. In most scenarios, business is pretty simple. For example, a customer is looking for a product and your business has the needed product. The customer calls and you sell it to him or her. If the result of that experience is good, it will fulfill the user's needs, either in the form of a good buying experience or in the extraction of information. But it always doesn't work that way. Sometimes the customer is not pleased by the experience with your company, and that leads to a negative moment of truth. And this customer will probably not return. Business today is full of companies that have had to refine themselves, redefine themselves by the changes demanded by the new economy. The moment of truth concept forces a business to examine its com commitment to being customer focused. If all moments of truth are positive, then a return visit from the customer is almost assured, and profits will follow that path. I used to shop at Safeway stores before they made a major change in how their employees interacted with customers. I used to hate to shop there. The employees were nasty, but they trained all the employees to recognize the importance of the customer. It really worked. Now when I go to Safeway stores, every moment of truth is extremely positive. I just love to go there. I remember the first time that I returned to the store after the change had occurred and I needed some cheese. I asked where the cheese was located. The employee dropped what she was doing and not only told me where it was, but she took me there. Now, every time that I need to ask for help, the employees will drop whatever they are doing to walk me over to the appropriate section of the store. Once I get there, they always ask if I need anything else. I like to tell about this because in my past experiences, it was not always pleasant to go to Safeway. Trust me, when employees understand the value of making all moments of truth positive, good things will happen, like more profits. Multiple points of control. Multiple points of control is a waste that occurs 
when more than one person is involved in making a decision regarding a business process. In one war on waste project, a team had identified a waste that occurred when a product was committed to ship to a customer by the salesman or managers to customers based on what the computer said was in inventory. Of course, the computer was wrong most of the time. So to check things out, whoever was taking an order on a part with low inventory would go out to the warehouse and verify inventory status. That worked well if no one else wanted the same item. A waste occurred on many occasions because on 50% of the orders of five or more items, at least two people were claiming the same item. So when they committed to a customer a specific ship date for the order, at least one of the orders was going to be late. Of course, the obvious fix was to get inventory control software that worked. We didn't have time to do that during the war on waste, so we solved the problem by creating a single point of control. A single point of control is a way, in almost all cases, to solve multiple control problems. Instead of having multiple people making decisions about what inventory was going to be committed to specific orders, the team decided to make one person the control point. That way, when an order was committed for a particular date, it stuck. Within six weeks, all orders were shipping on time. So when you identify a waste with a root cause of multiple points of control, the solution is obvious. Single point of control. The five whys. Taichi Ono was the developer of the Toyota production system. As such, he was the father of manufacturing's just-in-time systems. One of his great ideas was a technique that he developed, the five whys, to get to the root cause of a problem. It goes something like this. When someone identifies a problem, you ask the question, why did that happen five times, and you are almost always guaranteed to get to the root cause by the fifth why. As an example, if a worker comes into a business owner in a panic and tells him that a fellow worker fell and is being taken to the hospital to treat a broken arm, the owner would, of course, show concern about the injured worker. His next concern would be, how the accident happened. So he asks the obvious question, why did he fall? That's the first why. The employee answers, because he tripped on an airline. The CEO asks again, why was the airline on the floor? That's the second why. The employee replies, because there was no airline on that side of the aisle. So the CEO says, then let's put an airline outlet in on the other side of the aisle. The root cause was found after the second why. In another example, nurses and doctors were look, looking into the cycle time for a surgery. Cycle time is the time from when the patient left the hospital room until he or she returned to the bed in ICU. So we asked why it took so long. Well, because the patient waited outside the surgery room until it was cleaned up. Why was he waiting for the room to be cleaned up? The answer, 
because there were only two technicians cleaning up the room. Why were there only two? Third, that's the third why. The hospital had not trained enough prep and cleanup technicians. The solution? Train more techs. The root cause was found only after the third why. The waste, revenue loss per hour versus the cost of paying two more techs to clean the room and speed the surgery room turnover. Report Honest Data As you might guess, the whole concept of measurement is based upon reporting of honest data. But sometimes it just isn't possible. At one of our early clients, a work cell was created to manufacture the particular product of interest and the workers were asked to, asked to report the output of the cell each day and post it for all to see. Everyone in the shop knew the daily production output of this cell. It was reported on a continuous basis in big, bold letters on a whiteboard, totally visible to all employees. Several weeks later, the owner noticed that the numbers were down from the previous day. He immediately jumped on the lead man in the work area since he knew only one way to deal with problems, confrontation. The owner didn't fully appreciate that in the war on waste approach, the concept of no blame is an underpinning philosophy. We reminded him and he retraced his steps and apologized to the lead man. His actions, however, gave us the idea for a different way to measure. We wanted an approach that would be based upon a no blame philosophy, wouldn't point fingers, and yet would measure critical variables that we wanted to influence but we wanted honest data. The no-blame concept is the basis of the war on waste measurement process. No-blame and simplicity of measurement are important ingredients of this process as we lead our clients towards improved productivity. There is a key linkage between no-blame and the reporting of honest data. They go hand in hand. We often initiate the discussion of the importance of honest data by showing a vignette from History of the World Part 2. As you may recall, Moses, played by Mel Brooks, comes down, comes down from the mountain holding three tablets. He speaks to the children of Israel, saying, I bring you the fifteen. Just then he drops one of the tablets and exclaims, Oi! And then he begins again, I bring you the Ten Commandments. This really makes our point about reporting of all of honest data, and it had a little humor in it as well. That's the end of Chapter 3. The next recording will talk about change issues, among them being the three keys to change. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you in the next session, the next episode. In the meantime, if you want to reach me, you can contact me at len at bertain.com or you can call me at 510-520-8011. Thank you.